Hello and welcome to the South Carolina Lead. I'm your host, Gavin Jackson, and this episode was recorded on April 1st, 2022. And breaking news, this is our last lead episode ever. I hate to tell you this. We appreciate all of you, but we're we're calling it quits. Just kidding, April Fools. Oh, did you guys believe that? I was joking. I know you're listening, like, not on April 1st when I'm taping this, but it's April Fool's where I am. So, uh, I'm just kidding. We're here for you. We're still here for you. Even though I'm going on vacation soon, we'll still be here for you. (laughs) Anyway, anyway. In this real episode, we're still here, uh, we take an in-depth look at who filed for what office this election year with the state's politics editor, Mayan Schechter, also huge friend of the pod. We take a look at the trans student-athlete ban bills that are set to be debated in the House and Senate next week ahead of crossover, as well as the House's critical race theory bill. In business, we have new nationwide unemployment data for you. Data. Former South Carolina Congressman Mick Mulvaney is now a CBS News contributor and is making waves. And we have the latest on gas prices. Mm. In medical, we talk about the second booster shot and hear from Assistant State Epidemiologist Dr. Jane Kelly about how COVID is in South Carolina. Also, live taping alert. (laughs) Alert! We are going to be at Sumter Original Brewery on April 28th at 6.30 p.m. Put that in your calendar right now. Even if you're driving, pull over, put it in your calendar. We're doing a live taping with two of your favorite friends of the pub. I'm not going to say who. That's a surprise. I'll tell you later this month. But come out, have a pint, participate in some fellowship, and snag some swag. Register on our Eventbrite by going to scetv.org slash sclead. It's free. This is not an April Fool's joke, folks. April 28th, 6.30 p.m., Sumter Original Brewery. Be there. If you can't come and see us, well, we'd love to hear from you. That's why we have a voicemail box set up to hear from you about your life during these uncertain times. But they're becoming more certain, of course. You can leave us a one, two, three minute long voicemail at 803-563-7169. Leave us your name, where you're calling from, and what's going on in your world. Please, we do not want to talk about the Oscar slap, so just don't even bring it up. (laughs) Now for the latest in South Carolina. Currently, the spread of COVID-19 is low according to county-level data from the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. From March 20th through the 26th, there were 1,095 total cases reported and 10 deaths. Starting on March 29th, DHEC began reporting deaths with a date of death within the past week versus deaths that have been reported to DHEC within the past week. You know, sometimes we get those deaths that happened previously that are just being reported for the first time during the current week, so sometimes that throws off the numbers. So DHEC is streamlining that right there for you. Our current percent positive is 2.3%. There are 171 South Carolinians hospitalized with COVID-19, 29 are in intensive care, and 14 are in ventilators. Currently, 54.1% of eligible South Carolinians are fully vaccinated. All of this data is current as of March 29th. This week, the House Education Committee passed out two controversial bills to the House floor, which is days left until crossover. That is, the day, next Thursday, by which a bill needs to move out of one chamber to the other in order to remain viable in the last month of session. 
The first bill we'll talk about is a consolidated critical race theory bill that moved out of education by a party-line vote of 12 to 5. This bill, H5183, outlines seven prohibited concepts from being taught or for teachers to be trained on. The language closely mirrors former President Donald Trump's September 2020 executive order banning diversity training for federal agencies and contractors. Under this bill, teachers cannot teach one race, sex, ethnicity, religion, color, or national origin is inherently superior to another, is inherently privileged or oppressive, that an individual should be discriminated against because of those immutable characteristics, or that they bear responsibility for past actions. Separately, a student, administrator, teacher, staff member, or other school or district employee, or even volunteer, may not be required to engage in any form of mandatory gender or sexual diversity training or counseling unless it is prescribed as part of a corrective action plan. So a little bit different there. We're talking about race. We're talking about kind of critical race theory. And now we're talking a little bit about gender and sexuality issues. So all in one bill. The second bill to move out of the committee is the Transgender Student Athlete Ban. This bill, H4608, along with the Senate's S531, would prohibit transgender women athletes from playing sports on a team that does not correspond to the sex they were assigned at birth and allows for lawsuits to be filed if a school violates this provision. The Senate is expected to take up its own transgender student-athlete ban bill in the chamber next week. The House is expected to do the same after putting it in special order. Expect a long debate in both chambers on all of these bills that affect a negligible part of the population. Only four transgender students in the past six years have applied to play on sports teams that didn't correspond to their sex identified at birth, and two were granted waivers. The Senate this week passed its Education Scholarship Accounts Bill after days of debate. We'll have more for you on that debate and other bills that are set to move on Tuesday as part of our Crossover Week preview. We'll feature comments from Senate Minority Leader Brad Hutto, a little balance from my interview with Republican Leader Shane Massey. But I did promise you all a recap of all the hot, hot filing activity for elections this year. That's why I spoke with my unchecked politics editor at the state newspaper and friend of the pod on This Week in South Carolina. Where is Ms. Schechter been? I started off by asking her about who filed for the seven congressional district races. Most of the congressional races here in South Carolina are going to be decided in the primary. And so what I saw going back through the filings this morning is most candidates, uh, most incumbents do have challengers. We've talked a lot about the first district and the seventh district. Of course, the first district is between incumbent Nancy Mace and Katie Arrington, who is backed by uh, former President Donald Trump. Um, That race will be interesting in the primary, but then there's Annie Andrews, who is the only Democrat running. So that will be an interesting race to watch back in November, down the road in November. Uh, The 7th District uh, is one of those races that definitely, I think, will be decided in the primary. Your two top candidates are State Representative Russell Fry and, of course, incumbent Tom Rice, Fry being endorsed by Trump. Uh, what I took away is most of the other congressional races also have challengers. Um, the only uh, incumbent who appears to not have a challenge is uh, Jeff Duncan, a uh, Lawrence Republican. But uh, upstate Congressman William Timmons has uh, challengers coming from the right. Um, even House Majority Whip Jim Clyburn has uh, challengers coming from, from the left. Uh, but still, those incumbents, it's, it's very tough to beat incumbents in, in this state. So I think, uh, you know, Jim Clyburn, uh, for instance, is, is probably very safe in his race. I think one of the races to watch, though, that we haven't probably paid as much attention to is what happens in the upstate. Uh, there's just uh, uh, several Republicans who are running against uh, William Timmons. So that'll definitely be, I think, a race to, to watch as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, when you're talking about, 
Jim Clyburn there in the 6th Congressional District. Uh, what, he's running for his 16th term here. I mean, it's, it's interesting to see people willing to jump into the fray on these races. But, of course, that's their prerogative. And, of course, William Timmons running for his third term. Uh, has that, that name ID, has that war chest ready to go, too, as well, which a lot of incumbents have on their side, like we're talking about in the 7th and the 1st, where we're talking about these, these top challengers. Because in the 7th District race, there, there are a multitude of challengers against Tom Rice. But when we, when we look at this, you're talking about the Trump endorsed candidate Russell Fry. Uh, you're talking about Nancy Mace and Katie Arrington, who's that back candidate down there, too. Those are the ones that really stand up because of fundraising at this point. Right. And of course, I didn't mention Tim Scott, who uh, is is got a, a few Democratic challengers, um, including a, a, a House member here in the state house, uh, but he is one of the top fundraisers mm-hmm. um, in D.C., uh, so it's likely he's going to be pretty okay. And so we're talking about statewide races right there, Maya, and you're talking about the Senate. Uh, what about other races like the governor's race and some of these constitutional officers? What's standing out? Who filed for those? Yeah, so I think most of the attention will be paid to the governor's race and I think the superintendent's race. And I was trying to do last minute counting on the governor's race. It looks like five Democrats have filed. Uh, the two high profile, of course, are state senator Mia McLeod and former congressman Joe Cunningham. Um, there's about three Republicans. Uh, of course, Henry McMaster being the incumbent is, is one of them. You have a libertarian candidate and you have two independence candidates. Uh, so that'll be a race definitely, at least on the Democratic side, to watch in the primary. And then, of course, we'll watch that down the road in November. Uh, but the superintendent's race is going to be, I think, one of the more interesting races, statewide races, that South Carolina has to offer. Um, that is, of course, after Molly Spearman uh, decided last year that she would not run for re-election in 2022. And so that opened up that seat to uh, just a, a crowd of, of candidates. You have eight Republicans running for superintendent. Mm-hmm. And you have three Democrats. Uh, those Republicans include uh, uh, names like Ellen Weaver, uh, who ran uh, the Palmetto Promise Institute um, and also chaired at one point the Education Oversight Committee. You have Kathy Manis, who is the head of the Palmetto State Teachers Association, one of the largest in the state. Um, on the Democratic side, you have Lisa Ellis, who uh, founded and runs SC Ed, that large teachers grassroots group that obviously, that of course led that big protest uh, that we saw in the state house grounds a few years ago. And then uh, State Representative Jerry Govan, um, who was elected in 92, has served three decades in the House, but this year was redistricted, uh, was his district was merged with another um, House members, um, and he has decided not to run for his House seat and instead run for superintendent. Again, this will be his second time running. So that'll definitely be a race to watch. There are, um, of course, other uh, statewide officers who are facing challengers, including Hugh Weathers for agriculture. I know uh, the Secretary of State has some challengers. I know the, the Treasurer has, I think, a, a general election challenger. Uh, I believe the only incumbent statewide who does not have a challenger is Richard Ekstrom, uh, the Comptroller General. There are 124 state House members that are up for re-election this year. Um, we've already seen some seismic shifts with leadership announcements, retirements there. Uh, what's going on in the state house? What have you seen in that filing? Right. So you mentioned the two big retirements, and that's House Majority Leader Gary Simrall and then House Speaker uh, Jay Lucas, both Republicans who uh, announced pretty close to one another uh, this month that they would not be seeking re-election. Uh, added with Jerry Govan, they make up a group of 13 13 House incumbents who are not going to be running for re-election and will be retiring. Now, that number does not include uh, uh, the House members, Tommy Stringer, Mandy Kimmins, who vacated their seats early, opening those up to special elections. It does not include 
um, incumbents who are going to be facing other incumbents because uh, their districts were merged together. So we definitely could see uh, more of a turnover, um, something that I think we're kind of been used to after 2020 when we saw um, a slew of new candidates come in, including two state house seats that have flipped. Um, what's been an interesting takeaway, and I know we've discussed this, is that you're seeing a lot of uh, incumbents who are facing challengers from even more to the right or even more to the left. I thought one of the more interesting ones was uh, Stuart Jones, uh, Lawrence Republican, who is facing, I think, a couple of Republicans who are hitting him from even more to the right. Uh, you're seeing uh, in the race, uh, in the new district between uh, Wendy Brawley and Jermaine Johnson, I think there are a couple of other Democrats who have decided to file for that for that race. Um, I don't know what the big theme takeaway is, but it's clear that a lot of people see themselves as as potential uh, lawmakers. They want to run for that race. They want to see some kind of difference go on in the General Assembly. And so I think there are a lot of people who who feel like the House is going to have um a very different look uh, in the next year. And of course, that doesn't include the fact that we're going to have a new speaker, we're going to have a new uh, majority uh, leader, we're going to have a likely a potential new uh, budget chairman. And so there's going to be a huge domino effect in leadership. Uh, so a huge change in that and then possibly a huge change in the makeup um, mm-hmm. of just who, who who is in the House next year. Up in Washington, our senators were making news this week. Senator Tim Scott's anti-lynching bill that he co-authored with New Jersey Democratic Senator Cory Booker was signed into law by President Joe Biden on Tuesday. Scott did not join Biden in the Rose Garden ceremony, but Congressman Jim Clyburn did. After more than 200 attempts over the last 100 years, lynching is now a federal hate crime. And Senator Lindsey Graham will not be voting for Supreme Court Justice nominee Judge Ketanji Brown-Jackson, breaking a 17-year record of backing every other Supreme Court nominee. He tweeted in part, My decision is based upon her record of judicial activism, flawed sentencing methodology regarding child pornography cases, and a belief that Judge Jackson will not be deterred by the plain meaning of the law when it comes to liberal causes. Graham did support her nomination to the D.C. Circuit U.S. Court of Appeals last year. South Carolina Public Radio's Victoria Hansen spoke with Graham late on Friday, and we'll bring you part of that interview on Tuesday's pod, which will be the day after the Senate Judiciary Committee holds its vote on Jackson. The United States saw robust job growth in March, with the addition of 431,000 jobs, according to the Bureau of Labor Statistics. This helped push the national unemployment rate down to 3.6% from 3.8% a month earlier. That's a tenth of a percent lower than economists expected. March marks the 11th straight month of job gains above 400,000, marking the longest such stretch of growth in records dating back to 1939, according to the Wall Street Journal. Also, interesting note, labor force participation continued to grow, with significant gains among women aged 25 to 54. Moving on, on March 29th, CBS News named Mick Mulvaney as a contributor. A press release says he will contribute political analysis across the network's broadcasts and platforms. During former President Donald Trump's administration, Mulvaney served as director of the Office of Management and Budget, acting White House Chief of Staff, and U.S. Special Envoy for Northern Ireland a position that he resigned from immediately after the January 6th insurrection. 
Previously, Mulvaney served in the U.S. House of Representatives as a congressman representing South Carolina's 5th District from 2011 to 2017 when he jumped into the administration. But not everyone at the network is excited about picking up Mulvaney as a paid on-air contributor. According to a Washington Post report, there's a bit of a backlash due to Mulvaney's media-bashing past and previous promoting of inaccurate claims made by Trump. CBS executives, however, see Mulvaney as a way to expand the network's Republican offerings ahead of the midterms, which are expected to be a wipeout for Democrats. And on the way out, some gas price news for you. A little geopolitical petrol news. Donkey sauce. The national average cost for a gallon of gas is $4.21. But in South Carolina, that price continues to fall. We're now at $3.89 for regular unleaded as of April 1st. We're down a whole nickel from a week ago but up 41 cents from a month ago and $1.30 from last year. On Friday, a barrel of West Texas Intermediate, the American benchmark, got as low as $97.94 during trading before moving back up near $100, where it hit some pressure. Now, this comes as the Biden administration announced plans to release an additional 180 million barrels of oil from the country's Strategic Petroleum Reserve. At the same time, current demand is dropping and gasoline stocks are increasing. The global oil market, of course, remains volatile, so any supply issue news could easily reverse course here. But right now, there are efforts to limit any problems by countries like Canada, Mexico, Japan, and South Korea, which are also expected to tap into their reserves as well to help tame these oil prices, according to the Wall Street Journal. Meanwhile, earlier this week, OPEC and its allies, which include Russia, said they're sticking to modest oil production increases despite their vast capacity to pump more oil and the near-decade price highs. Okay, the big COVID news of this week was the approval by the FDA and CDC for a second booster shot for certain individuals. Citing data and real-world benefits, the CDC updated its recommendations to allow certain immunocompromised individuals and people over 50 who received an initial booster dose at least four months ago to be eligible for another booster to increase their protection against severe disease from COVID-19. Separately and in addition, Based on newly published data, data, adults who received a primary vaccine and booster dose of Johnson & Johnson's Janssen COVID-19 vaccine at least four months ago may now receive a second booster dose using an mRNA COVID-19 vaccine, like Moderna or Pfizer. So boost it up, folks. COVID transmission and hospitalization rates in South Carolina remain very low, as you heard at the start of this podcast. Assistant State Epidemiologist Dr. Jane Kelly gave more insight on the current situation during a press call this week. Here's Dr. Kelly. So in short, we are seeing less and less severe cases of COVID-19, which is a great sign that we're continuing in the right direction. But if the past has taught us anything, it's that we cannot rest on our laurels. We still must remain vigilant. We must remain dedicated to the preventive measures necessary to continue this decline. We all know it would be devastating to see these numbers tick back up like we saw last year during the Delta and Omicron surges. So we must respect history by learning from it, listening to the state and national health leaders. We encourage residents to use CDC's community-level tracker 
which can be found on our site at scdhec.gov slash COVID-19 data. Dr. Kelly also reiterated the differences in the agency's current approach to weekly data reporting versus daily and why testing data isn't the most important data point compared to others. We don't know necessarily about all the positive tests because people will do an at-home test and that's not something that gets reported to us. But what we do know are about are are the metrics that are most concerning to us, and that is severe disease. We do know about the number of people hospitalized with COVID, number of people in the intensive care unit with COVID. And so that plus mortality, the number of deaths that are related to COVID-19, those are the most important things to be following at this point. And it's not just COVID activity that remains low in the state, but also flu activity. According to DHEC, there is sporadic activity, and the state is well below its highs of late last year and January. So far this season, there have been 380 hospitalizations and 19 deaths. That is far below the five-year averages of 2,300 and 112, respectively. So keep washing your hands, folks. Welcome to the wind down section, our little break from the news. We talk about life during the pandemic and want to hear your stories as well. Tell us how you're handling things, what's going on. Spring is here, April's here, things are happening. We're all sneezing and struggling to breathe. Share your stories with us, 803-563-7169. And you might can tell that we don't sound like we're in the studio right now, AT. Uh, a, a, a sharp-eared listener. Anyone with the sharpest ears around will sharp, be able pointy. to tell. Sharp. We'll be able to know that... Gavin's mic sounds very different mm-hmm. than just now, before the bumper. Can you actually tell us where we are? Because I, I forget where we are. We are at uh, my house mm-hmm. in located at Street. Street. Blank. In a big house. And well, we're here because. What brought us here? Anyone that listens and listens all the way to the end. Yeah. Obviously. At With, one time speed, not one times two speed. No, not two speed, two times two Two times five. one Wi-Fi six speed. Nope, nope. Uh, well, one time speed. Caitlin and I, about a year ago, Tell us your journey. agreed that we were going to buy a couch. Mm-hmm. And we and we quick quickly thereafter, we we went in and we purchased a house. and Couch. Uh, purchased a couch. <laughs> and uh, it got here 11 months later. Supply chain. Supply chain. You are a victim of the supply chain. Yes. And so Gavin and I agreed that as soon as it was here, the first possible episode that we did, the wind down would be mm-hmm. from the couch. So Gavin, I'm sitting and I'm observing Gavin on this couch. I don't know if our listeners can tell their sharp ears. I am in comfort right He's now. He's in the lap of luxury. I'm in this couch. It's a nice big section of a couch, this deep indigo blue and it has a little chaise attachment that I'm on right now. Mm, yes, you're on the chaise, Laying obviously. back, I just feel this is how we should do all of our podcasts yes, from now on. Yes, it's not too bad. It, this actually is like a real podcast room oh, setup. Oh, huge vibe. You if, know we, what I mean? if we were some cool podcast production company upstart, yes. this would be in our big conference Correct. room. Yes, our idea yes. room, okay? Yeah. But anyway, Gavin, before we get to the couch, okay? Mm-hmm. We're, here, couch we're still here to do business, of course. all right? Because we did get some calls. New business, old business. Let's start with new business. Yes, we, we light share 
shamed people into calling us and it, it, it worked. Um, we got a few calls and one is, it's not international, mm. but um, it's where this call is from. They do have their own electrical grid. Oh, oh. <laughs> so, okay. Let's think. Uh, is it Antarctica? No, no, no. But no, there no, was no, no, briefly no, no, no. a time when they were frozen. Is it Texas? It's Texas. Oh, we got a call wow. from Texas, a dispatch from Texas. Are you ready? Yes. Great friend of the pod. Let's go. Hey, guys. I um, This is Roman. Uh, Grand Strand Man, calling from Texas. I was catching up on pods, and uh, and I heard that the hopper was empty, so I pulled over at whatever gas station this is, and I'm going to leave you a note. Um, first of all, that's with the Scott Morgan story about those fakes of fakes, like uh, making a fake to fake out your own people, that the other side is so stressed that they happen to make proper like bad crappy fake propaganda to convince the like that that seems almost like inception to me um it me it means really um how do you even like how do you begin to keep track of it and what i'm asking myself as a teacher is how do i teach kids how to identify that type of stuff um for the record in my classes we've been talking about fake news since uh, since it became a popular term uh okay oscars uh, Oscars are so irrelevant to me that hearing that Will Smith slapped Chris Rock still didn't make me want to watch any of it. Um, and uh, I heard recently that Antarctica is 7D, 70 degrees warmer than it should be. I thought that was notable. Um, your story today about um, COVID maybe making you more susceptible to diabetes or maybe even diabetes 3 or other respiratory things. Also terrifying. Thank you for that tidbit. Um, putting those two things together, it occurs to me that all the quality of life increases that have been the silver lining of the Industrial Revolution for the past hundred years or so are at stake of being erased uh, by um, a bunch of people moving to our cities um, and basically looking for safety and salvation, which makes me think we have to get really, we've got to get ready to be hosts to a whole bunch of folk. Um, and uh, one of the things that we've got to do to do that. Um, but uh, I guess also a positive way to look at that is that like AT regaining his taste, uh, we should all be thankful for all of our lives at this exact moment uh, because that's all that we really have. Uh, thank you so much, guys, for being a constant in my life. I really come to depend on y'all's voices, especially the wind downs, I really have come to depend on it. It's a nice, soothing, calming way um, to alleviate some of the crazy stress in this uh, in this in this weirdo world. All right, take care, guys. Roman, uh, our Grand Strand man turned Texan, Texan Ranger outlaw. I don't Texas man. Walker, Texas Ranger. Walker, Texas Roman. <laughs> so great to hear from you. <laughs> and he pulled over and called. I mean, he really took it to task. He, he, he did he, the assignment. He, he understood. Yes. It, very fabulous, Roman. I'm glad you called. I miss hearing from you more, but anytime that we get to hear from you, I, mm -hmm. I truly do love it. And, and I, I like that, like, he can just be like, oh, they need me. He calls in and just tells mm -hmm. us everything he's worried about. <laughs> and just not even care about the Oscars. We respect that. <laughs> yes. And also talking about the threat of misinformation and disinformation. Yes. Scott Morgan's piece. Like, I, again, like you were saying, I find that to be like one of the biggest threats facing 
our society slash national security. And that's just not just a journalist talking. That's just like when you see the power of it, mm-hmm. it is terrifying because it works. It's ruining really lives. Well. Yeah, it's yeah. ruining lives. Uh, but also thank you, Roman, for bringing it home with us, talking about how lucky many of us are and how we should be really grateful for what we have. So a good little moment there to reflect. I truly am thankful that uh, I have my taste back. Yes. You know, I, don't, oh. I don't think it's all the way, but I do have a lot of it back because... Uh, the late late last week, I made a bolognese, a mm-hmm. bolognese, and I made it when I didn't have taste. And mm-hmm. so this is the first thing that I've redone since I've had taste. And um, it was transcendent, the uh-huh. depth of flavor Ooh. that I could get. My goodness, it was so good. But anyway, Gavin, enough about me. Back to back to your experience on the couch. Yeah, Let's I talk mean, about again, this. going back to your taste, this couch, mamma mia, very good taste. <laughs> mamma Unfortunately, mia. it's just, uh, I'm being... Uh, offended. I'm being just attacked by your Crocs, but we are in your home and I would, would I, not want to attack you in your own home. Gavin, honestly, I changed my outfit quick before you got here just so you could see this. And I really wanted to, to insist that you also wear Crocs. <laughs> no, what do we say? We were taping the other day and we saw an infomercial for the Skechers Foamies, Foamies. which are dead ringers. They're going for, for the neck. And I said to AT, I'm like, I will wear those. Gavin's a foamies guy. Yeah, <laughs> he's a, a foamy spite. <laughs> but you know what will happen? I'll wear them, and then all all these bad things will start happening to me. <laughs> like, oh, I wore them. I was driving, but I got in a car accident because I didn't know how to shift. I didn't know how to brake because my foamy got stuck. <laughs> it, does, in the- <laughs> it does feel weird. You do have there is a, a a little like time period that you have to acclimate yourself to driving in Crocs because it is different <laughs> thickness. But yeah, the couch, the couch, the okay. West Elm. So my problem with it is. It's a good couch, don't get me wrong, yes. but I waited so long for it mm-hmm. that I thought there was going to be a transcendent life-altering sure. moment sitting on this couch, and Big you sit on it, and you're like, <laughs> it's a couch, you know? Like, Well, it, you, I mean, have you passed out on it yet? Have not we, yet, no. Oh. oh, I did. I did oh. yesterday before seen, I went to the concert. You transcended. You didn't even know it. You, mm-hmm. That's how good it was. Yes. You also have this giant ottoman. This is yes. a huge, like what, like three foot it's, by it's, three foot? It's, it looks like it's almost four foot by four yeah, foot. Yeah, it's a huge baby. Caitlin, that's a, that's a Caitlin special right there. She de- she decided to pull the trigger on a giant ottoman. Mm-hmm. And um, I just... Uh, but it's good. I like it. It's very it's comfortable. It's good because it the makes... Cats love it. It, it gives the extension for you yes. know, this chaise part. Everyone else gets to play it's with it. It's big now. enough that people could share this ottoman. Yes. What I really don't like about the couch uh-huh. is that pillow next to you. One of the... Thro- no, one. no, no. The long ones are fine. The okay. square throw pillow. No, no, no. This right guy. there is underfilled. Oh, yeah, he's very loose. Yes. And I like to ha- I like to put on both sides. Yeah, but and yeah. that one is just unacceptably underfilled. Can we we can get another? There's two of them. You know, you go to IKEA, they have these. I know. These are great. Caitlin's already got some some purchase orders in. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> we'll see you in 11 more months. Like I had to wait this long for for those pillows was a little mm-hmm. upsetting, you know? Mm-hmm. That's really it. It's a good blue. I mean, it's very like a dark dark. Almost like a dark indigo like we're saying, yes. uh, like you would see on some good jeans. I don't know if the kids would wear these jeans. I have a pair of jeans that I feel like match this. I like that you're just you're tying in every topic we're talking them about here. See, yeah, all the talking points, everything we're hitting. We've got Crocs, we've got jeans, we've got couch, and this is not the color of your high waisted '90s jeans that everyone seems to be wearing the for light reasons color, unknown. Which I have light colored jeans now. Sure. I don't have darks. I, I don't, and I just don't know if I could. People would look at me and they just say that doesn't look right on that man. No, 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 no. And no, I was thinking no, about this no, the other no. day when I was driving. Do a lot of my good thinking. I'm driving, and mm-hmm. I thought. 
you know, it's hard for me to dress down. You write all your scripts on the road, right? Oh, I mean, I'm not even touching the wheel. And I don't, I don't drive a Tesla either, so it's problematic. Um, but, you know, I just don't dress down as much as some other people do. You know, even Amy, our producer, said the other day, I don't think I've ever seen you in jeans. I don't wear casual Friday jeans. No. But... And a lot of my friends haven't seen me in sweatpants, things like that. But it's I've just, seen you in sweatpants. I just, I can't, I don't know. It's a comfort for me to have a colored shirt on. <sighs> it's a lie khakis. that you're telling to society all the time. I hear you, Gavin, and you just want to break free and, and free yourself. But if you I see me dressed down, you're like, that doesn't look right on you. Put it, I don't That's know. a newsman. No, no, nah, no. He should be doing that. Not with that hair. You, he's all, he's, <laughs> Gavin's wearing a five piece suit right now. Five pieces. I don't I, even know what they are. Yeah, I mean, in the summertime, it gets, it's pretty hard. It's hard. Your double suits, double is safest. Everyone <laughs> knows that good day good day <laughs> anyway gavin thank you for coming to the couch thank you final thank thoughts you for having me on the final couch. thoughts uh i'm a little warm but i think that's just because i'm if you if you were to pass out would you snore like <laughs> me, 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 or <laughs> honk shoe honk shoe <laughs> me, 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 me. okay like good. Beaker. yeah yeah <laughs> i think this is i mean this is a great spot to just yes and when i finally move the tv to the wall instead of the black light uh grim reaper poster um <laughs> i actually can't sign off right now because I'm, I'm asleep me, 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 me. <laughs> I don't I don't want to disturb him. Any, oh, shh. <laughs> he's drooling. Uh, anyway, Gavin, say goodbye to the folks. Right, Have folks. a good weekend. Have a good weekend. Come visit the couch anytime. You know where we're at. We gave you the address. <laughs> Be like Roman and give us a call at 803-563-7169. We love hearing from you guys. You can also send us a review on iTunes. Those are great for helping us get some more listeners like you to listen. You can also... Stay up to date with the latest news on SCTV.org and SouthCarolinaPublicRadio.org. And don't forget to support your local newspapers. For the South Carolina lead, I'm Gavin Jackson. Be well, South Carolina. Okay. Okay, let me get a voice check for you. Here. Okay, that's looking good. Okay. Because uh, hey, uh, I had a pretty smooth taquito. Yes.